Good afternoon, everyone. This is John, the Modern Conservative Podcaster. Today is July 8th, Thursday, and the weekend is almost here. But before we get there, there's a few things I like to get off my mind and share it with you. And one of those are Black Lives Matter in Utah. We have a flag issue, obviously, here in Utah and the rest of the country. I guess we're all afraid of people that have the American flag posted on their front porch or the banisters or flagpole. So I want to talk about that, for example. And first, as far as a conservative black man, eh, I kind of enjoy that fear that it gives me. Then if that's fear, I kind of enjoy the fact when I look at that flag and I realize, you know, so many people from so many countries, legal and illegal, come to this country just because of that flag and what it represents. But some, somewhere along the way, people really got stupid. Let me be candid. Somewhere along the way, people really got stupid and said they wanted to step on and burn our flag. That's all right. That's your right. It's for one of your constitutional rights that you're protected in. Yeah, you can burn a flag, but <laughs> does it give you any respect for those of us who worship that flag? And those of us who have been in the military who worships that flag and see that flag as fighting for freedom? Mm, no, you don't really set well with us. You really don't set well with us when you live in this country and you live in all the freedoms that soldier, soldiers from years gone by have died for, but yet you're talking about our flag as if it's evil, as if it's done everything that... How do I say this and be delicate about it? As if that flag has done everything to you that you would think somebody from a foreign country would have done. I don't think in China they would give you the freedoms that we have. I don't think in Russia that flag would give you the freedoms that you have. I don't think if you're from Venezuela or Cuba, they would give you the freedoms that that flag represents. And most people that are listening to this podcast will most likely agree to me because we all mostly think alike when it comes to the freedom in the United States. I don't understand why people think they need to use our flag as a means of getting attention. For example, I'm going to mention her by name, Lex Scott. She is the so-called Utah chapter director of Black Lives Matter. And as you probably have seen, she had said that the flag gives black people, well, I, let me be a little bit more precise. And I don't remember the direct quote because I really won't waste my time visually looking at it. But she did say that those of us that see that flag know the kind of person that own that flag or possesses that flag is someone that we should all fear as blacks. Well, Miss Scott, maybe you should stay in your damn house. Maybe you should let us enjoy the freedom that that flag represents. Yes, and those blacks, those of us that see that flag, 
and enjoy the freedoms that we receive because of that flag. Yeah, it makes me smile. It really makes me smile. Hell, even when I go to my post office, it makes me smile. But the only flag that I don't think is appropriate is your flag, the Black Lives Matter flag, the flag that partly represents Nigeria, a country today who still participates in the slave trade. So if you guys are going to fly a flag, at least know the history of the damn flag you're flying, because it doesn't represent the same things that the American flag represents. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to make a bet. You put the American flag and the Nigerian flag side by side. They say, you got a choice to come to the originator or each one of these flags. I guarantee you nobody from the United States will go to Nigeria, but I will guarantee you nine times out of 10, the people in Nigeria who see the American flag will tell you, sign me up. I'm on my way. Don't come around here and telling us what our flag represents, because to me, you're nobody. You're really nobody to me. So it really pisses me off when I've got somebody tell me what my damn flag represents. And especially from an extremist such as Lex Scott. Yes, I'll call you out by name. Such as an extremist. You people go around this country tearing up buildings, burning down buildings, destroying black businesses in the name of what? George Floyd? Come on, miss me with all that crap. You don't represent us. Hell, you don't even represent Democrats that are black when it comes to a lot of the BS that you guys have done to this country. You've taken in millions and millions and millions of dollars and you want to represent the black community, yet you've done nothing for the black community. Please post on your website. Post on your website what you've actually done for the black community, other than call white folks in Utah a bunch of racists. Because, you know, you are in Utah. And one thing you need to realize when you say Black Lives Matter in Utah, well, there's not many of us here. So I don't know who you're really talking to. Or maybe you like to hear yourself talk on the local news. Because anything that's t- anytime there's controversy, you seem to show up. And the only time you people show up when it benefits you. You don't show up when, needs, when you need to benefit the Black community at all. I don't see you at a Black church. I haven't heard of you at any black churches because most black churches don't support what you what you're spewing, which is falsities, lies, hate and filth. As a matter of fact, everybody always want to talk about the Patriots should be considered a terroristic organization. No, they shouldn't be. They really shouldn't be. Black Lives Matter should be considered as terrorist because as a matter of fact, The head of Black Lives Matter came out and said before the Derek Chauvin trials and said, if you do not find that man guilty of anything no less than homicide, we would tear this country down like you've never seen before. But hell, you already started with George George Floyd. What's going to stop you now? I mean, that would just be another excuse for you to make another hundred million dollars. So when is Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter going to do something for the black community? I want to know. This message is mostly for Black Lives Matter and the people that want to tear down the flag. 
If you don't like our damn flag, go. Get the hell out of this country and go. And I don't care what color you are. And it's not because of your color. It's because of your attitude towards our flag. The reason why I can speak on this microphone and say what I want to say is simply because of my constitution. And that constitution is represented by that 50-star flag. So if you don't like it, just go. As a matter of fact, Lex Scott, you have the right to say anything you want. It's the constitution and that flag that gives you the right to say it. So when you want to talk about our flag and talk about this country as if this country is the worst country in history, well, my dear, you just told me a story about yourself. You were born in the United States and you don't know what other countries are all about. You really don't have a damn clue. All you're doing is spewing out with somebody higher up, some Marxist up at Black Lives headquarters, headquarters is telling you what to say and what to do. Because you don't have a big following in Utah. And your last message that you said that when you were going to go down to the NAU or the National Education Associations meeting at Granite School District, school district you, your words were, we're lock and loaded. Really? All five of you? We're in Utah. We are in Utah. So don't come around Utah and threaten us about what you're going to do. Because some of us don't have to talk about it. Some of us won't talk about it. Some of us are not stupid enough to talk about it. But I will talk about you talking about the American flag. If you don't like it, get on the plane and get the hell out. As a matter of fact, I'll pay for your ticket. There's nothing stopping you. There's absolutely nothing stopping you from leaving. So if you got something to say to me and you don't like what I just said about you, hey, you know how to find me. And that's at the Modern Conservative Podcast at gmail.com. You can email me anytime you want. So back to the flag as a whole. It just seems to be everybody wanted to attack this flag of the United States and the country that they live in. I tell you what, if you want to attack, attack this flag, this is for other people out there. Go to some other country and then attack it from that other country. Haven't seen anybody do that yet. Why is that? It's because they're protected. It's because they're cowards and they're protected under the Constitution and the flag that they talk so crappy on. So, you know, the next time something happens in the country and it's black related and you hate this country, how about just shutting up? Because you don't represent black folks. You really don't. And if you're Black Lives Matter in Utah, you really don't represent black folks because there's none of us here. Less than 2% of the population are black in a state of 3.4 million people. Last time I checked, when I quickly do my math, 2% of 3.2 million is not enough to give a damn about as far as you and Black Lives Matter. Because last time I checked, it was about a lot of white folks here. So all you flag haters, all you Trump haters, all you conservative haters, all you Republican haters, well, you know what? Sometimes I can understand why you don't like Republicans. But 
<laughs> just joking, just joking, just joking. But, you know, all the people that you do hate, we love you so much. We have nothing but love for you. And we love for you to have the opportunity to go somewhere else to live. And I guarantee you, Lex Scott, Black Lives Matter, Utah, we can round up the money to get you out of the state and get you to move where you want to go. We really could. I'm thinking, hmm, a raft out in the middle of the ocean. Your own little island. Just you. Since you hate us so much. And my name is John Harvey, by the way. And I am the host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. So I'm not hiding. I truly believe what I say. And I will back it up with facts. Um, another thing, you know, you guys talk about. You're talking about how white people. At the Granite School District hearing, how there were some people that were evil just because they're white. You know, when I look at you, Lex Scott, something tells me you've got some white in your family because you're really light skinned. And that's always been strange to me. especially in Utah. You could be mixed with quarter white, half white, but yet for some reason you seem to forget one side of your family is white. Tell me, how does that work? How does that work when you profess to be black, but when we all know you seem to be mixed? Now, And I would dare to say, if you were born in Utah, that was the case. But I don't understand how mixed blacks can forget that they're black. You know, last time I checked, the law used to be, now somebody might have to check me, correct me in an email, but the last time I checked, if you were 1% black, you're black, according to the government. So, so no matter how much white you have in you, you're still black. But that doesn't mean you disrespect your full heritage. That doesn't mean you disrespect your full heritage because of an agenda. You know, my mom is part Cherokee. Now, yeah, I'm black. I am dark skin, absolutely dark skin. As a matter of fact, I'm so dark there's no there's no other choice you can make but I'm black. But my mom is have Cherokee, or well, quarter Cherokee, excuse me. I don't forget that side of my mom's family. I don't just walk around here saying, you know, because I'm three quarter black. Um, my mom's side should be disrespected. No, I don't. Because let me tell you why. If you idiots that are walking around this country telling people they're racist or they are owe reparations because of their family tree, 
So theirs matter, but yours don't when it comes to reparation. It, it makes no sense to me. And for those of you who don't understand where I'm coming from, if your ancestors are white and you're black, shouldn't your ancestors also be paying reparation? Or should it only be those who do not have white heritage and black heritage in their bloodline should be paying uh, reparations? I mean, it's a bigger picture than, you know, just, you know, white folks need to pay us 40 mules, 40 acres and a mule and a gold, gold, gold gun piece and a gun. That's, it's a bigger picture than that. It's an absolute bigger picture than just saying white folks owe us money. Because last time I checked, not only did whites own slaves, as a matter of fact, the first slave owner was a black guy. He had four slaves. If you don't blame me, look up your history. Look up your history. Not only did whites own slaves, so do blacks. So all you people are running around here hating because a large percentage of this country is white and they owe us money. You're idiots. I'm in one of those moves today. You're an idiot. I'm calling you out. You're an idiot. You know, three quarters of the planet is water. No, I want to say something, but I shouldn't. Um, I just think when it comes to Black Lives Matter, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They don't stand for black lives. They don't stand for you and I. They don't stand for anything but themselves and their own personal agenda. They make millions, millions, and millions of dollars by spewing hate, getting their names plastered on basketball games, at basketball games, on the floors of basketball games, painting the streets of New York City. Basketball players wearing Black Lives Matter labels on the shirts. Nike representing, well, let me just say, appreciating Black Lives Matter. Let's just say that. When Nike is the biggest trader to this country than any other corporation I know of, Nike is pretty much owned by China. But yet we Blacks promote their tennis shoes and their gear without even knowing anything about Nike other than their tennis shoes go on our feet and they cost a lot of money. And we figure out how we're going to buy them, even though we, we're only making $10 an hour. This is what the black community cares about the most, because you don't give a damn whether these shoes were made in China by slaves, Muslim slaves in China. It's a fact. It is a fact. China is the worst country for employee welfare. They don't care. They're a communist country. But you walk around this country prancing their shoes as if that's something to brag about. So when you talk about slavery, are you just talking about just black slaveries, black slavery? Or are you talking about slavery worldwide? Because you talk about slavery worldwide, it's still going on right now. Why aren't you talking about it? 
Why aren't you talking about it? Why aren't you talking about Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Egypt, these countries today who still have some form of slavery? Let me guess, you can't make any money off of them. Is, is that really it? You only worry about slavery when you can make money? You worry about critical race theory? Because why? It has something to do with black? Or does it have something to do with spreading racism? Because racism is where you make your money. Fear is how you make your money. You don't make your money by doing things for the black community. Because that's what's called gratitude. People have been thankful for your help. So at the end of the day, when you want to talk about an organization that represents blacks, talk about Blexit. Talk about an organization that's about teaching blacks and other races the true history of Racism. Hey, maybe blacks should be taught in the schools. Or why don't we just leave blacks out of our schools and just keep teaching our kids real history? Because last time I checked, it worked well for me. Last time I checked with a lot of people, history was doing pretty damn good. Until you learn how to indoctrinate people, kids, and brainwashing to fit your agenda. So I think that's enough said on Black Lives Matter and Lex Scott, who runs the Utah chapter of Black Lives Matter. I'm sure I'm going to get a comment here and there. But like everything from them people, I really don't care. And because it's the absolute truth. I speak the absolute truth to the best of my knowledge. I'm not always right, but I am more right than I am wrong. And because you don't like what I say and it hurts your feeling does not mean I'm wrong. You know, if I offend you, I'm not going to apologize because you don't. We have what's called a constitution. And it doesn't say you have a right from being offended. So I think I'll leave that topic alone for now. But I'm sure when I have conversations in the future, it'll bleed over into it one way or another. This is John Harvey from the Modern Conservative Podcast, and we'll be back in a few minutes.
Welcome back, everybody. This is John, your host of the Modern Pod, uh, Conservative Podcast. Just a minute ago, we were talking about Black Lives Matter, and uh, I've got enough of that for now. But like I stated before we end the fir- ended the first segment, we'll probably visit that, no doubt, in the next coming weeks, whether either by choice or by response. What I want to talk about now is voting. You know, and not all my listeners are in Utah. So this will be applicable to everyone out there listening. Um, voting is something that's very, very, very reporting in this country. We are a republic. So the people of the country, we participate on how things are, are done to us. And when you're voting, you got to think about that. You're voting for someone that you're saying, basically, I trust that you're going to do the best thing for your constituents. Now, it doesn't always go that way, but for the most part, that's what you're voting. But when you don't vote, you really don't have any skin in the game. Because your opportunity to speak for what you believe and what you want, either as a Democrat or conservative or Republican or libertarian, it's your vote that determines a lot of what happens to us in this country. Some of us are under the mindset that voting should be left for everybody else. A lot of times it's those same people who believe that the military should fight your battles and you should just be able to enjoy your life. I personally don't agree with that mentality. I truly believe when you vote, you support your military And if they go to war for you, that's how you go to war for them. Because we have a military doesn't mean we need to sit back and just let our country get, you know, get into war. Um, In the past 20 years, shit, I think we, I think we've been in a war 15 years of the last 20 years. We've always been involved in some kind of war, but we don't participate until our country no, we don't like that. No, we need to stay home and take care of our own people. We don't need to go fight everybody else's war. So when you vote, you need to know the voting history of the person you send to represent you. You know, and you need to know the financial agenda as far as your state and your country. For the, you know, I need you need to know that when it comes to the person who's voting for you. Immigration. You also need to know what's his stance on immigration. Those of us in Utah, we have a senator that is just so fantastic. We love him to death. Wrong. At least the people from my side. It's called, his name is Mitt Romney. Most Utahans have buyer's remorse right now when it comes to Mitt Romney. He has not represented us well. You know, One prime example is the Trump impeachment. The first one, the second one. The first one, Romney says, he had to vote his conscience and his spiritual beliefs. That is not why we sent you to the damn U.S. Senate. Your job isn't to satisfy your conscience and your spiritual beliefs. As a matter of fact, 
you should learn how to put that separate. And remember, not everybody that voted for you are going to have the same spiritual belief as you. Not everybody, every one of us is going to have the same conscience of you. We didn't send you there to represent Mitt Romney. We sent you there to represent the constituents that voted for you, whether they're LDS, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Jews, whether they're atheists, agnostic. We sent you there to represent us with policy, not your religion and your damn conscience. When you know your constituents are largely Trump supporters, we expect you you to stand with us. Now, here's the thing. Not everybody's a Trump supporter. We get that. We absolutely get that. But it's your job to find the middle of the road for all of us. So we all get the benefits of what we want. Case in point, we had a fantastic economy. We were booming. Whether you like Trump or not, it was great for the country. Not whether you liked him because he didn't articulate well, not because, you know, what he had done prior running for the presidency. He's human just like every single one of us. The man was not groomed to be a politician. And a lot of us, that's what we were looking for. We weren't looking for the politician. So when it comes to Mitt Romney talking about his conscience, I'm not for that. And I'm sure I'm not alone. This time, we need to vote somebody when it, well, in 2024, at least when it comes to Romney, we need to vote for someone that represents our conscience, that represents his, you know, his constituents. He is supposed to take the bullet for us when it comes to his conscience. We as voters should not take the bullet for him because of his conscience. You know, when we send you to Washington, D.C., we send you to war. We send you there to fight for the people in your state and the rest of the country. That's what we do. Yes, there's a thousand of us that want to go there and and shoot up Washington, D.C., hypothetically, hyperbole, just kidding. Because nowadays you never know what happens if you say the wrong thing. But so we send senators and congressmen there to represent us to fight the battle force, not go there to make millions and millions of dollars, not go there to be there for 20 to 30 years. And they always say, you know what? There is term limits there. Are, and that's true. Let's call every two to four years. That is the only way we're ever going to get term limits. You're not going to vote them out. Well, they're not going to vote themselves out, first of all. So when you get a politician that tells you, hey, I believe in term limits, he's a liar. He doesn't want term limits. He does not want term limits. And he knows it's not going to happen. For the simple fact that they're not going to vote themselves out of a job. It's just not going to happen. I don't know if many of you remember when Obama was president and they came out of Obamacare. Our Republican senators and congressmen were talking about how we're going to fight Obamacare. 
how we're going to get rid of it. We're going to repeal Obamacare, blah, 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 blah. But when the Republicans got the House, the Senate, and the Congress, what happened? Absolutely nothing. It was okay to say, we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare when you didn't have the power. Because then you can blame it on the Democrats and say, hey, we tried, but the Democrats just wouldn't let us do it. You know, they stopped us at every roadblock. You know, there's just not enough Republican senators and congressional congressmen to get it passed through. We couldn't do it. We can't do it. But when we did get the power, we gave them the power. What happened? Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Ben Sass, they all of a sudden said, uh, you know what? Um, I'm not going to do that. That's when American people should have realized right then and there who these people really are. They are, they are there for themselves. Do not make the mistake, think there's this such thing as the Republicans. Well, all the Republicans are for their constituents. That's an absolute lie. Because you can tell when they're all about their constituents. If they go in worth $250,000 and they come out of office worth $250,000. That's how you know which game they're playing. But if they go in there at a value of two and a net worth of two hundred fifty thousand, and they come out worth a hundred million dollars, <laughs> you that tells you their game, and you can easily check. All you have to do on the website and go check the net worth of any given senator. Now, you can check, but here's a little trick I'm going to tell you right now. Most of these guys have their own foundation. There's a lot of money that goes in these foundations, especially when they're 501s. They only have to donate 5% to their charity. The rest of that goes to overheads. For example, I'll give you an example. Our favorite, Clinton, Hillary Clinton. The Clinton Foundation. And you could check this all day, every day. And 96, when Bill Clinton became president of the United States, Barbara Walters had an interview with the one and only Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton says, when we left Arkansas, we were dead broke. We didn't have anything. And the reason why is because Bill Clinton had gotten sued. Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey, Paula Jones was like $750,000 lawsuit. So when they left Arkansas, quite possibly was broke. But I will tell you this to speed through the story. They started a Clinton Foundation. Until this day, I really don't know what the Clinton Foundation does. Because if you ask Haiti, they were to donate $10 billion to Haiti, and it somehow never disappeared. But Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, when they left public office, They had a net worth of $320 million. Look it up. As a matter of fact, their daughter, Chelsea Clinton, who runs the Clinton Foundation, had a net worth of $50 million. Look it up. Look it up. 
And it's probably more now than before. So back to my the voting issue, these guys don't necessarily go to the office. Oh, let me back up. Some of them start out with good intention. And I do believe some of them do start out with good intention. The problem is simply this. Once they get into the Senate or the Congress, they realize there's people in play in the Congress and the Senate. Most of the speakers do have a lot of power, a lot of power. So your vote at that point in time becomes an asset for them. Their vote becomes an asset because you got to remember something. When they're supposedly voting, they're supposed to be voting for us. But in often cases, they're actually voting for themselves. Is it any wonder now we've gone back to the old days, the old ways, five, six years ago? Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder that meat prices and gas prices are through the roof? Is it any wonder why lumber is so high? Last time I checked, and people say it was because of COVID. Oh, not true. Trees don't get COVID. Anytime you restrict something, anytime you have there's a shortage, which can be man-made and can be created by man. Case of point, if you're a wood manufacturer and you want to make more money, what do you do? You produce less wood. When you produce less wood, and the demand is there, what do you do? You raise the prices. Guess what you do? You make a lot more money. And then what the, what that does, all the companies start doing it. Is it any wonder why, you know, the Democrat Party is so deeply in bed with big corporations? They're all making a lot of money. Bank of America came out a report three months ago. Corporate America is up 800%. That's from Bank of America. Their margins are obscene right now. Even in my own industry, as a manufacturer, I've seen aluminum going up 10, probably 10 increases in the last year. One particular item that we manufacture, a box was 136 before COVID. That same box is going to cost you $220 of this particular merchandise, a thousand percent increase. And people automatically assume that, oh, we're making tons of money now. No, that's not the case because the government allowing corporations to take advantage of people. Our cost goes up and so does the end users. See, there's this thing where big corporate, you know, you hear these Democrats talk about taxes and how we vote to, we send people there to, give us a better tax advantage. Well, that never happens either. And the reason why is because they always talk about, oh, wealth distribution, wealth distribution, wealth distribution. We're going to tax the wealthy. We're going to tax the wealthy because they make way too money. Jeff Bezos, his $188 billion is way too much for one man to have. You think Jeff Bezos really cares if you raise his taxes? He doesn't care. Why doesn't he care? For the simple reason you're going to pay the taxes. You are the one that's going to have the price increase on the merchandise that you buy through Amazon. He's not going to pay anything more. As a matter of fact, he's going to probably make more money because they're going to raise the prices to encumber the, prices to encumber the taxes 
and a little bit more of a profit. All the skies under a price increase. But that's to pay his taxes and his corporation taxes. Now, as far as you know, guys like that paying taxes, I don't even personally, I personally don't think they should have to pay taxes. I do not believe billionaires should have to pay taxes. And I tell you why, such as Elon Musk. Hell, I don't even think Bill Gates should pay taxes because I don't care much for him either. But for the simple reason is this, they create thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs. Those thousands of jobs are taxed with payroll and deductions. If it wasn't for those individuals who are billionaires, there would be no Amazon. There would not be 300,000 employees. There would be no Tesla. There wouldn't be, you know, 1,000 employees that they, jobs that they created. So to try to just, as a disguise, to try to tax one person, they don't think about, people don't think about, wait a minute, who cares if you tax the guy? I've got a job. Well, I don't work for Amazon or Tesla, but in general, people, people thinking, who cares if they tax my own or my corporation? I have a job. I, as an employee, have an opportunity to make $100,000 a year. Yeah, the government is going to tax me. You can get your money through payroll taxes, federal income tax. So who cares if the guy, he's just one guy. He's just one guy. But the Democrats want you to think they're doing you a favor. When in actuality, they're going to end up hurting you because they're going to just raise the cost of goods. And you're going to pay the cost of goods. It's just that simple. It's just a game. It's just one big Ponzi scheme for a vote. That's all it is. It's one big Ponzi scheme. And people keep eating it up like porridge, not thinking about the bigger picture. All people think about is what's in front of them. Sometimes people can only see no further than their nose. They don't see how the game really goes. Maybe because I study a little bit more. I don't know. But you see what, what goes on because they've been doing it for years. This stuff is nothing new. I mean, it's, I mean, I hate to say this. It's kind of like racism, for example. It goes on every four years. Every four years. But then we act surprised when you get people hearing themselves being called racism. White folks should be saying, like, wait, you people need to knock that crap off. I'm tired of that label. And black folks need to stand up and say, look, I'm nobody's victim. I'm nobody's victim. I'm in my situation because I put myself in the situation, whether good or bad. It's called self-accountability. A lot of us put ourselves in the situation we're in right now, whether it's good or bad. That's the cold, hard truth. It's nobody else's problem, for the most part, if you're unemployed. Look, there are bad luck. There are bad luck. People who are in bad situations. Get it. There are people who actually have bad luck. I get it. Because of, but if you have bad luck today, do you really need to try to live that bad luck lifestyle? Or do you change things to change your fortunes? So if you make a dollar today, let's think about making 
$1.50 the next day. That's how you grow your fortune is with your mentality. If your mentality is, hey, I just want to make a dollar a day for the rest of my life. Well, you're going to come up short in a lot of cases financially. Or if your goal is to make a dollar a day and you figure the federal government will supplement the rest of it, you're still going to come up short. Because you're allowing yourself to be a victim and you're allowing yourself to be stuck on government assistance for the rest of your life. Change doesn't start with me. It starts with you and it starts with you. So when you're sending somebody to Congress, you need to think about how is that person going to benefit not just me, but my children, my community, and my local government. That's who you need to think about when you're sending somebody to this country. We spend less time on teaching people why they should vote for a particular person or why they shouldn't vote for a certain person. Because most people just go and vote because, well, actually, most people just vote down the line. They have no clue who they're voting for. And somebody said to me today, you know, voting starts at the local community. Your Department of Commerce, your city council, your mayors, your governors. And she's absolutely right. But a lot of people get it because nobody knows who the hell they are and people just vote down ballot. Then you end up getting the worst of the worst because no one educated them who that person was and what they stood for. I mean, for a long time in my, where my, I used to own a business in uh, Taylorsville. I knew nothing about the mayor until I opened up a business there. Knew nothing about the mayor or the city council. I didn't know what kind of problems the city council had. Lucky for me, I got lucky because this particular town, which is Taylorsville here in Utah, those people are fantastic. A little shout out. They are fantastic. And so when we vote from now on, think about who you're voting for and why you're voting for that person. Not because you're the same religion, not because you're the same color, not because you drive the same car, not because you live in the same neighborhood. Know the content of that character that you're voting for. Know the person you're voting for. And there's a lot of times you'll come up wrong because there's a lot of snakes in the grass. There's a lot of people can talk a good game. But an indication of is who they are, is by their actions. It's by their actions. And sometimes that's all you have to go on, but at least trust your gut feeling. Vote for somebody who you identify with. And that goes for mostly, mainly I'm speaking to my conservatives. Let's not put the same kind of people in office that we have right now. Because that's why we're in the trouble we're in right now, because of those people. But anyway, my session is coming to an end today. And I just want to say, I appreciate all of you people that are out there listening to me. I appreciate you sharing and liking my content. Anything you can do for the cause, I appreciate. And those people around me, they'll appreciate you as well. You know, we don't make 
a lot of money doing this. It's not about the money. It's about spreading the word and letting people know. People think just like you. Letting you know that we give a damn about what happens to our country. Together we stand, together we fall. But if we do nothing, we stand for nothing. I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You have a great weekend. Take care. And this is John for the Modern Conservative Podcast. <laughs>